episode seven, Tartar Project. Thank you for coming back. Uh, it's me, your host, Phil Toronto. Uh, today we have a pretty, pretty cool episode with my buddy Quincy Moore. He's the founder of Nolita and now NYON, which launched a few weeks back. We recorded this on the day that it was actually unveiled, uh, which was pretty cool. It was nice for him to come in, brought some swag. So that's always a plus, uh, mainly for me, sorry. But he uh, he just details his journey to where he is today from crafting Nolita as a brand and, and what that's meant to him over the course of his life and how... The brand has grown along with him uh, just on his life journey, which is pretty cool. A common theme that you'll pick out once again is self-awareness. It pops its head, its ever important head out multiple times throughout his journey. And he's been paying attention, so he's adjusted when the time is right. I'm being purposefully vague, I guess, just so he can fill in the details of his own story. But Quincy's a really great guy. He's a friend. I love the brand. I actually stumbled upon his brand before I even knew him as a human being. So uh, props to Nolita and now NYON. But we just we talk about a bunch of stuff. We talk about what it takes to, to collaborate with other brands, how that might impact your, your own brand that you're working on, whether it's apparel, whether it's food or CBG. Collaborations can be a great way to boost your awareness uh, amongst a, a subset of customers that might match what you're ideally looking to reach or, or already reach and just expand. And if you can, I mean, if you like the Tartar Project, tell your friends about it. Give me some ratings on iTunes, positive ones, ideally. Uh, share it out there, put it on your story, tag us, Phil Toronto and Tartar Project. But without much more ado, I'll kick it off to Quincy. Episode seven, Tartar Project. Lucky number seven. Quincy Moore here, of formerly of Nolita. Correct. Currently of Nyon. Ooh, N-Y-O-N. N-Y-O-N. Spell it out. It literally just launched today, the day that we're recording, so that's that's fresh intel for me. Mazel tov <laughs> to myself. Uh, I'm excited to have Quincy here. I am a really big fan of the brand that he has built over the past few years, and just I'm a fan of him as a human being overall. Feeling is mutual. Um, oh, I, I paid him to say that uh, via Square Cash. Not enough. Uh, not a sponsor, ideally a, a sponsor. Not not a sponsor. Closer to a sponsor. Yeah. I'm Closer to a sponsor? To, yeah. Okay, I'm going to cool. need you to pump in. Right. And I'll, if we knock I'll the mic off. I'll work on my, um, my posture while we're doing it. <laughs> Solid posture. Um, thank you for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's about time also. It's, it's true. I'm it's in the first overdue. 10, so really I can't, Definitely I can't the first say 10. that. Yeah. For sure the top 10 forever. I love that. Always. Yeah. I mean, you're invited to the wedding, so like same. The, the invite is chilling on my fridge. I love that. I designed it myself. It's a beautiful design. Thank you. Thank you. I am a graphic designer, so I should be able to do like, you know, my save the date and shit for my wedding. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, maybe. Anyway. Fine. Um, we're going to go way, way back. Okay. Where'd you grow up? Where'd I grow up? Uh, great question. I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh, Southwest. Some people might know it now as the home of Meow Wolf, which is this crazy, uh, I guess they're calling it like the Disneyland of, of art freaks. Have you heard about Meow Wolf? I have, I have not heard you about it. You got to look about There was just an amazing article in the Times. Essentially, George R. Martin, your boy, uh, author of Game of Thrones, ah. Santa Fe native, invested like $3 million, bought this old derelict bowling alley that I used to go to as a kid, 
and they've created this like immersive experiential art space called Meow Wolf and it's completely blown up. It's put Santa Fe on the map in a way that it's never been. Um, but yeah, that's my hometown. I grew up in the Southwest. Whoa. Yeah. And growing up, did, did you have after school jobs? Did you have any hustles? Did... Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, selling lemonade when I was a kid, like that kind of stuff. It's, uh, my entrepreneurial spirit started young. Uh, during high school, I was mostly focused on sports, so I didn't work too much. What was um, your sport? Baseball. What position? I moved around, catcher, pitcher a little bit, and my senior year as a second baseman. I was a phenomenal catcher. Were you? Yeah. Catcher is the, like is a really hard position. Yeah. Like I, there's no way that I could do it now, even like on the low. Like my knees couldn't take it. No, no shot. Even with the knee savers. Yeah. No. It's, I mean, it's bad for your knees forever. Like, my my favorite thing was getting the hockey style catcher's mask. Mm -hmm. That was a game changer. Yeah. I like being a catcher. It's kind of like the most badass position on the baseball field. Totally. Kind of controlling the action. Mainly the guy taking the hits. Also I mean, that wild pitches. Got to block the ball. Yeah. Did you, when did you play through high school? Yeah, I played through high school. Oh. Yeah, a little tangent, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Did you continue your sports career into college? Did you no. go to college? No, yeah, I went to college, um, University of Colorado in Boulder, studied journalism, um, didn't play. They didn't have a, a, it would have been D1, but they didn't have a baseball team. I think club was the highest that it was, but um, after dedicating so much of my life to it, like, unlike, I was okay. I was decent. I had hustle and uh, and a good work ethic, which brought me like higher than I probably would have gone otherwise in terms of pure talent. But when I got to college, I just kind of took a different path and, and hung up the cleats. Where did your path lead you? I mean, That's a tough I went, question. That is a tough question. <laughs> immediately or over the long yeah, term? Yeah, immediately. Uh, in school, did you give a shit about school? Um, I would say yes. I, I think I probably gave a shit because I felt like I had to give a shit and also because I was you know lucky enough to have a college education, which is not bestowed upon everybody. So I didn't want to take that for granted. Um, I didn't necessarily have like a direction, uh, especially when I first got to, to college, but then I discovered writing, which is really my first like true creative love and sort of like a preview foreshadowing for what I do now, uh, although it's a little bit different, so the creative field. So you know I figured learning how to write is a good skill. So I found my way into the journalism program, and this is 2008, so it's kind of a weird time for media. Totally. Uh, into like the, the world. Yeah, I mean, it's just continued to be weird for them. But, like, my the curriculum was so outdated at that point that they wouldn't even let me intern for a blog. It was, like, that weird sort of watershed moment where everything was changing, but they were resisting it. Yeah. And so I did learn how to write, but, like, a traditional sort of news editorial um, vibe that, that one would use for writing for newspapers, uh, which has not proven to be, like, super useful for me. Um, although I think it's interesting that essentially my – my life, I, I, I kind of write copy for T-shirts now, and I write marketing copy, which, you know, that comes from sort of the decisions that I made in college to pursue that, that part of, uh, of my creative journey, I guess. So, that makes sense. Yeah. And in school, did you, did you have a side business, or were you working while in college? <laughs> uh, yeah, I worked a little bit in college, and I, I started my first T-shirt brand in college. Um, it was called Gus Walsh. Uh, we'll save the story of that name for another time. But okay. the... the <laughs> The, the designs were atrocious. It was like a picture of um, of George Bush with the Little Wayne lyric, uh, I can't feel my face plastered over it. And there was a Lindsay Lohan Volume one, one or two. I think it was probably volume one at the time. Little Wayne is like seminal for, you think probably for you too, right? Oh yeah. The Drought 3 is like- The greatest mixtape of all time. I would say like hands Period. down. Yeah, yeah. The, the beats on that are insane. Yeah. So Wayne, I mean, Wayne was like, that was college, man. He was like all we were listening to. He was such a- um, an icon, such a weirdo, still is. Definitely. And um, that's, I mean, I got to give a shout out 
to my college roommates, the 35 Harding crew, because we we really had a lot of life moments to Wheezy. Yeah, was, I mean, all of them. Shout out 35. I, I, what is 35? Did you tell that, me the story one time, I think? Maybe? No, it was, it, I mean, that. I mean, there are stories for offline, for sure, probably after we cut the camera. We no, it's totally fine. Maybe maybe an exclusive all access behind the scenes at a later date. But we had some really good times in that house. Um, it was just outside of Trenton, New Jersey, um, and thirty five Harding was the address. Okay. Yeah, so very creative. Yeah. We clearly all went to school for branding and marketing. Yeah, you guys and, are and innovators. Copy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. just very direct. Sometimes you got to keep it keep it simple though. That's I Clean. think that's the best design. Definitely. Yeah. So Gus Walsh. Gus Walsh, yeah, Gus Walsh, which is still kind of like an amazing name for a brand. Yeah, um, could be a revival. I think so, maybe someday. Anyway, so yeah, so we did this t-shirt brand. It was definitely not about business whatsoever at that point. I just wanted to do something that probably like would get me girls. Um, so we made a bunch of t-shirts and sold like maybe a half a dozen of them. Um, but that was kind of my first foray into uh, you know making product. Which has led me, obviously, you know, to a, an interesting career. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And after school, did you go into journalism directly? Were you trying your hand at that, or yeah, did you I, go on? I tried my hand at blogging for a minute. I moved to New York, started working for my cousin's company, and like ran his blog for a few years. What was um, the subject matter? Just kind of like art and design. And my cousin uh, still runs to this day a toy brand, like a um, sort of a novelties company. And so it was the early days of his career and he had, had found some success. And so we kind of put our heads together and came up with this blog that like never was monetized. It was basically just me kind of like figuring out what I liked, what my aesthetic was and applying it to this blog that was driving some traffic to his site. and. Um, so that was it. That was the extent that I actually used my degree. That's kind of cool. It's it's a creative outlet for totally. you where you could help him out by getting content up there because right. you always need fresh content, but you could kind of explore what sure. A, resonated for other people that you liked and yep. just what you liked in general. Yeah, I mean, I think it's informed a lot of like my decisions over the years just in terms of like what I've created and um, what I like aesthetically and my taste. Um, but yeah, that would, uh, in, a, in a sliding door scenario, like I'm a blogger. I wrote some stuff for Cool Hunting. Like I was really into the bro the blogosphere, like Gawker. I don't yeah. Know, you know, oh Gawker. yeah. Yeah. Gawker's I mean, like Little Wayne for me, for sure. Like Gawker is such a big part of my life, especially when I first moved to New York. I had a um, weird relationship because I it was polarizing for me. I some of the stuff they put out there, I was I offended isn't the right word, but I was surprised that they would right. publish it, and it was a little invasive. But I liked that it was on edge and kept people on their toes. Yeah. But I ultimately I I miss it. Same. I mean, so they were, they were talking, somebody bought it. Yeah. And they were going to bring it back. But then there was controversy. And I think they got to just leave it in the past, man. They can yeah. never recreate that, right? I agree. Um, the sequel rarely works. 100%. I, I mean, I'm looking forward to the movie of that whole story coming out, though. It's yes. a tremendous, like, you know, uh, modern tale of intrigue and uh, wealth. And, yeah. you know, I don't want to spoil it for the viewers, but the <laughs> listeners. Both. No spoilers. Yeah, both. Speaking both. of spoilers, I got yelled at by a guy the other day. I was, at, um, I was uptown having lunch with, with one of my employees and his girlfriend, and we were talking about Avengers, and I wasn't thinking about it, and I said Tony Stark, something about Tony Stark dying. At this point, everybody knows. And this guy, like, he got upset. He's like, hey, no spoilers. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. He's like, I've already seen it, but for the other people. Oh, how considerate. It was very considerate of him. And like, usually in that moment, I don't like strangers talking to me really. I, my fiance will tell you that. It's like one of the, probably her things that she loves and fears about me the most. Um, but I was like, you know, you're right. Like I kind of fucked that up. I need to be careful. 
So anyway, that was a tangent. Self-awareness. Yeah, it's important. It's pretty good. Yeah, in our 30s, I think we should be. I agree. Yeah. I agree. It, it's, it's important. You learn a lot about yourself, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Blogger. You can t- <laughs> still a blogger. Is anybody to a blog- like, are people bloggers still? Yeah, I think that <clears throat> is now modern day influencer. I guess just that's right. But do they write? Like, our blo- do, like, do, who writes a blog? Like, has blogging just become posting on Instagram? Yeah. Are they I interchangeable? Think, I think, it, yeah, it's a shift. It's weird. And then what we used to refer to as blogging is just a media site now, right. essentially. Correct. Um, yeah, like Vulture, which I read religiously. I love Vulture on New York Magazine. That that was a blog, but it's not really a blog now. It's just right. Like, it's it just is, a site. It's yeah, Vulture. It's just a site. Yeah. I hate the paywall. It drives me insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm 50-50 on it, too. Like, Look, yes, I, as, as got to support. Gotta yeah, you got to support, but, for sure. Yeah. But as a consumer, it's annoying. But I also it, think there could be better ways to implement it. I just feel like we haven't really reinvented the paywall yet. Totally. There just seems to be a cleaner way. Yeah. And I don't know what that is, but you're right. And, like, especially with something that is, like, almost impulsive in how much you read it because they're coming out with so much... It's like a tablet almost. There's new articles going up every 10 or 15 minutes. It's hard to paywall that. Like I get the New York Times. I get like journalism yeah. having a paywall. But in, in terms of something that you're supposed to sort of like consume all the time constantly, I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't quite make sense. It's tough. Right. It's tough. Yeah. Tough problem. So your continued career as blogger, what did you add onto your plate since you've never given that title up? Uh, after, after I'm actually, I'm still a blogger with your cousin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of segued into running sales and business, business development for his company. Once we, um, we realized that there was no way to monetize his blog at the time. It was kind of just a passion project. Um, so I spent, you know, really the first five years out of college working for my cousin's brand. So shout out to Jason and Alyssa, his wife at factory, uh, spelled without the vowels. They, Ah, um, with a C or with a K F C T R Y F C T R Y. They, yeah, you know, they taught me everything I know about sort of small business, good and bad. Um, and he invented the Obama action figure. You ever see that? Yeah. And he still does that to this day. It's kind of brilliant, actually. Like yeah. he's tapping into the zeitgeist in a cool way and uh, creating sort of modern day action figures uh, modeled after political figures. So he has an Obama one. He has Bernie Sanders. It leans left. He has a Donald Trump. But I think he donates all those proceeds to charity. So good for him. Yeah. yeah. That's that's great. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> as he should. Yes, as as he should. Rightfully so, rightfully so. So sales and marketing. Five years out. Yeah. That brings us to what? That's 2014, 2015. Yeah, it's, it's really so. I started Nolita, which is my first company, uh, and the parent company is still now in 2012. So I had kind of conceived um, of the products that I would start making while I was still working for my cousin. And the first round of those came out in 2012. It took me another two, two and a half years to go full time. I went full time in 2015, so it's been four years now. And when you started it, did you see it, see No Leader turning into a full time thing, or was it a side project? You'll figure it out as you go. It was kind of your creative outlet uh, at the time, where it, there was more design focus and actually something that you could put into the world. Right. Um, that expressed you more so than what you were putting out on the site. For sure. I mean, it was, it was, it was like a creative exercise. I've, I reference that sort of phrase often. Um, yeah, I mean, I hoped that it would be a full-time thing. I didn't know what that meant. I had no idea how to get there. Um, but in my heart of hearts, yeah, I was doing it so that I could pursue my own path. Um, and it, there's been a lot of ups and downs in that, of cool. course. Uh, it's much more challenging than, like, no one can tell you how challenging it is. You have to just kind of live it. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, the intention was always to just go out on my own. My family is full of entrepreneurs and um, I'm kind of carrying that forward for this right. new generation, yeah. But the difference is you can actually design the flag. This is true, yeah. Is huge, both being an apparel and a designer. For sure, yeah, I mean, I kind of like, I didn't have technical skills, which kind of always frustrated me. Um, so I just taught myself and that, that part of the process is still what I enjoy the most, like from designing to actually like producing the goods and learning how they're made and improving them over time. Uh, that's kind of what I find most interesting in, in like the overall of what I do day to day. You like the process? I do. Yeah, I like the process. I So much so that it's taken me a long time to like sell my shit well. You know what I mean? Because like the process has really been my focus. I uh, created first, business second. And over the last 18 months, I've been sort of like fighting with myself to shift that around. And I think after a lot of time and effort and uh, and torture to a certain extent, I, I've gotten to that point where, yes, I enjoy the process, but I enjoy making the money as well. Yeah, you, you know? have to have an actual business yeah, you if gotta, you want to be full-time. Exactly. You got to treat it like it's like you're not going to live another day, you know, unless you get the money from whatever it is that you're doing. So um, I think I romanticized uh, my company and what I did for, for a long time, which is not necessarily a bad thing. I think I um, you protect it in a way, and it grows authentically if you are if you're doing that uh, but it gets to a certain point where you just have to say fuck it and um and make as much money as you possibly can that's right yeah yeah right i, I love that yeah i think the interesting piece about you loving the process and maybe maybe you've realized it maybe you haven't realized it but from an outsider's perspective that isn't the most design savvy i can identify good design but mm. me creating it i don't know if i'm the best person to do that right. maybe i just lack the confidence because i haven't flexed that muscle enough sure but I feel like the process, especially in what you do with apparel and just design in general, that's actually part of the art as well. And that whatever medium you choose or material, if it's apparel or, or, or what have you, is all part of what you're trying to express. Yeah. So it makes sense to me that you're obsessed with the process. It just shows that you're that tapped in and, and it's all one body of work for you. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be, right? It's like a garment is a single idea made up of like a bunch of different ideas, if that makes sense. Like there's so many decisions that you have to make, not just about like making clothes, but in general, like my day, my life is just decision after decision after decision. And some of them are much heavier and more complicated than others. And some of them are minuscule, but still weighty, like which button do we want to use? Or like, how far is the graphic placed down on, you know, from the neckline on the sweatshirt versus a t-shirt? Does that change for extra small through double extra large? Um, and this isn't necessarily stuff that I was thinking about initially, but just going through the process within the process, I've like perfected it. And I've become obsessed with certain things. And and uh, evolved and learned what I need to be paying attention to and, and what I kind of don't. That's awesome. Yeah. This might be a tough question to answer, but... Give it to me. Yeah, it's not as hard-hitting as that may be seemed, but what is one seemingly minute detail to somebody else that you find to be obsessed over, like you just mentioned? Like, what, what are you a zipper guy, a button guy? I think it's, you know, because I've made kind of made my career and made my living off of graphics, I think it's really what I was just talking about. Like, you know, the the sizing and placement of graphics for different size garments. This isn't something that we always did. And then I had this moment where I like looked at an extra small against a double XL and like the graphic looked tiny on the double XL, which makes sense because it's a fucking massive garment. Um, so now we've sort of 
you know, I've, I've gone through and perfected everything so that every size garment has its own size graphic. The drop is different. Um, you know, we kind of treat now every size as its own product, which is something that I didn't do in the past, but I think is like a huge improvement and an important move that we've made recently. Yeah, that's smart. I yeah. mean, it's essentially a separate SKU. So yeah, it, it makes sense. Yeah. That's like one size does not fit all, right? Just not. like the size of the garment, the graphic is the same way. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely learning that. Oh wait, this is a good segue though, because I brought you some presents. What? Yeah. Because I knew, I mean, you've lost a ton of weight. You look amazing. Ah. And uh, thank you're you. swimming in this garment over here. Which That's is not right. Necessarily a bad thing. Which is which but is an OG Nolita. It is a New York. Was that nowhere. the black on black? Black on black. And New that, York that's nowhere. very old because it's it's before we had the the R mark on it. It's a trademark. Super rare. Yeah. I love that. Which is crazy that you got a trademark for New York or nowhere. Yeah, that that's was insanely um, amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, you got to protect your intellectual property, man. You know, like I got that early on. Uh, I think. Obviously, it was something I should have always done, but I think someone like stole the Instagram handle before I had a chance to get it, and it was at that moment that I was like, "Oh no, I have this something that." Yeah, and now we just do that all the time. Uh, we don't always get approved, and there's certain cases where you shouldn't file trademarks because you don't want to get denied. Um, but yeah, I mean, protect your IP at all costs. That's huge highlight. Yeah. So oh, we got some color. We got some color. It, it, uh, this color, and then I got you a black one too. So this is new product. We can show it like this up for the people on the, that are watching on video. Uh, so I've been developing this for like a year. This is a completely different product from the one that you're wearing. Uh, the one that you're wearing is like a fleece. It's a 50-50 blend. So this is 100% cotton. This is French terry. I know you love French terry. You've been wearing Ame all over the place. That's right. So I brought you this as like, you know, I love Ame, I love that brand, but this is, you know, you can wear this on the weekends if you wear that during the week. I love that. Uh, so this is a, this is a, 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 we're calling it rose colored raglan French terry hoodie uh, with the New Yorker nowhere and then you in one line sort of small across the chest. This is beautiful. So this is number Thank one you. for you. Yeah, of course. This yeah. is on release. You're the first person in the in the uh, in the world that has this. That's especially this color. These are not out yet. These Ooh. are just samples. You're saying all the right things, Quincy. You know what? It's love, man. Here we go. Rose is going on now. Yes. I hope it fits. It's gonna fit. That or I'll just lose more weight. No, you might need to gain some more weight. Oh, that's fair. No, I think this is gonna be perfect. Do people notice? Like, how out of five people that you see, how many of those people? reference the fact that you've lost so much weight a bunch of people right reference it. yeah now it, it's it's been like a landslide i thought you were going to ask how many people give me a hat tip for new york or nowhere and it's actually pretty high as well walking around to the subway and everything i love that people shout it out like i'll when i wear the black the white text on black hoodie yeah like just really in your face aggressive new york or nowhere yeah. and i've learned not to wear it in la i got like really lambasted but as you should though. Yeah, totally. And that that's what it, yeah, that's the point. Not good uh, self-awareness on my part, but that was fine. But just walking through the streets, just shout outs. Oh yeah, New York or nowhere. Oh, that's sick. That's right. And then people will stop. Where'd you get that? And then always get the Instagram handle. I love that. Always gotta do it. And now you can just say NewYorkerNowhere.com. New York or nowhere is just one concept for Nolita. It's our motto. At that time. Yeah, it was our. It was my slogan. I was like, oh shit, like how can I describe this? Because Nolita is like, it's a neighborhood. First of all, a lot of people don't know that. I spelled it differently, which is not great for like branding purposes. Phonetically, it's the same. So we had issues there where like, oh, what do you do? Nolita. They're like, oh, the neighborhood. Kind of tricky. Um, and if you missed the episode title and just completely skipped over it out of the excitement to hear yeah. Quincy's voice and also my own, right. it's K-N-O-W-L-I-T-A. Correct. Nolita. Nolita. 
Yeah, for those who know, was what used to be the tagline. But I thought that was too on the nose, so we came up with New York or Nowhere, just kind of to define what the brand represented. Because all the product was still, it's not that dissimilar from, from the New York or Nowhere product, essentially, right? It's like, uh, it's these love letters to the city. It's these sort of souvenirs for locals. Um, and yeah, so New York or Nowhere came out uh, March 2015. And I had no idea that people were going to love it or embrace it. Um, it was the first thing that I ever made that's like found any sort of like mass popularity. Um, and it's been kind of great. Was there, was there a specific New York moment that made you fall in love with the city or was it just moving here, the energy in general and, or it probably maybe a series of moments or, yeah. or anything that sticks out that kind of inspired that? I, I think I had a series of moments throughout my life that made me fall in love with New York. And the first ones were when I was young. My dad grew up here. My dad grew up in Queens. My grandparents uh, came here after the war in Europe in 1950 and made their life here. Uh, so, you know, I, I think New York or Nowhere has been part of my DNA. I think it's come out of that. It's like for, for my grandparents, it was New York or Nowhere. They, they escaped the Holocaust and escaped something that was really terrible. And like they could have gone anywhere. But for them, it was New York. And I think I just kind of always had that in my blood. Um, so I would come here, you know, to visit my dad as a kid. You know, New York sports, we didn't have sports teams in New Mexico, right? Like, right. they just didn't exist. So I was always a New York sports fan, loved the Knicks, uh, Jets, Mets, then the Yankees. Um, you, you, know. you switched. Yeah, look. You switched I, sets. You know, I, because, I didn't grow, because I didn't grow up in New York, I just kind of like all New York sports teams. And I think that should be true for most New Yorkers. Like, if, the Giant, if you're a Jets fan and the Giants are in the Super Bowl, you better fucking be rooting for the Giants. Yeah, right. New York or nowhere. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, so growing up, and then I would come with my mom on vacation. Um, you know, in middle school and in high school, do all the tourist stuff, and uh, and then in college, I think was really the time where I was like, this is where I need to be. Um, and I came in twenty, I guess it was two thousand seven, two thousand seven, yeah, two thousand seven spring break. I came to stay with my other cousin who uh, is also an entrepreneur. He, run, he has a fashion company. He's the one that inspired me to start Gus Walsh. Ah. And so I stayed with him and his wife, Josh and Laura, in, in their apartment in Williamsburg. And I just became obsessed. And like, this is when Williamsburg was really, really cool. Not sort of like the parody of itself as it is now. Sorry right. for all the people that live in Williamsburg, but like, I'm right, you know? Uh, it's changed a it's lot. It's Soho. Now, yeah, right? definitely, yeah. Anything that has a soul cycle in it, it's, it's changed. Shout out to SoulCycle. But man. yeah, I, and I say that with the most respect. Like, yeah. No judgment. Phenomenal company. Great company. Uh, but like Whole Foods, Apple stores. Like I remember Williamsburg when it was ghetto. Like there was a triple five Soul store on Driggs and 10th Street or maybe 12th. And like that was Williamsburg to me. Um, they lived on the, co the corner of like Hope and Havemeyer over on the, I think oh, yeah. the southeast side. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just cool, man. It had energy. It had like a buzz to it that... I didn't find again until I moved here and I, f I found it in Nolita. And so that was like, I, it was sort of, uh, I was reminded of why I was here and I kind of just fell in love with that neighborhood and, uh, you know, named the company after it. That's awesome. Yeah. And when, when did you start doing collaborations? Right away. Um, collaborate, like, especially for a small brand, like there's so many of us in New York at that point, um, across different sort of verticals and industries. My friend Jimmy had a watch brand, you know, luggage companies, matcha, um, so, you know, anyone that was like-minded and sort of at the same level at that time, we did a lot of collaborations together. So I found it uh, essential, um, and we still do them now, although we're much more selective about who we're working with. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the selectiveness 
kind of pays homage to how you grew up, favorite sports teams. You have a pretty notable collaboration. We do, yeah, with a, a with, small team, yeah. Yeah, a, a, a moderately successful well that's actually kind of true right i, I think moderately really, is too strong of a word fair right yeah i don't follow basketball but the new york knicks correct knickerbockers and nolita and nyon yep i partnered with the knicks to create some awesome merch we that, did i mean it's the only knicks gear that i i actually own yeah uh, which, which is shocking that's kind of that was the point of it right it's like we we um i love that yeah i mean so we're, we're working with the knicks it's been really successful for everybody the players have been wearing it the sort of more fashion-forward fans have been wearing it. Um, you know, the the thesis statement was, "Hey, can we make sports merch for people who don't like sports merch?" And uh, thankfully, we have IP that really lends itself to doing something like that, and uh, it's been amazing. Like, you know, working with the Knicks has been just like a dream come true for me. And it, it it's it's a hot seller in the stadium. Yeah, it's done great. Like, you know, we're I think in the top five best selling brands at, at MSG. You know, it's like Nike and Mitchell and Ness and New Era and we're kind of at that level now where, you know, people are, are calling in to buy it that don't live in New York and um, it's really humbling to have you know, because that was an idea. It's all just comes from an idea. And I had this idea to do sports merch. Uh, which came from the LeBron James moment, uh, which you haven't asked me about, which is fine. But because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of talking I love LeBron. <laughs> Shout out LeBron. Uh, I, I lost my place. But yeah, so look, it's, it's awesome. <laughs> I, love, I love the Knicks. I love MSG. Everyone on the team at MSG, like the, the, um, the organization, the corporation team has been great. And um, you know, we're, we're hopeful that this summer is going to be fruitful for us in terms of free agents and the draft. Yeah, fingers crossed. You don't care, but I thank you for, you know, solidarity. I, I don't I don't care, but I do care at the same time because a lot of my close friends are Knicks fans. Has, so I has, just has want... Steinthal ever taken you to a game? No. It's because he knows you don't like you don't care about the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. I, but uh, but I can be converted. I mean, uh, testament to the fact that I can be converted is the New York Jets. Right. Very Converted me into fan. a Jets fan. Yeah, I go every weekend. I travel. I go on the road. I see Jets games on the road, and sometimes by myself, because huh. it's just fun to have a trip of it. And yeah. watching football live is fun, yeah. and exploring. I went to my first Jets game last last season. Did it's you fun. like it? It's cold, man. Yeah, like, it's cold. I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to that, and like I like to be inside. We'll I get like... we'll get you out in September, October. Love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah we made I made friends with um, one of the the linebackers. Ah, Avery. Okay. 54 Williamson. So he's uh we we uh you heard it here first. We're working up a little collab with him for Ooh, for next season. So. Very cool. Yeah. I like that. All these all these nuggets dropping. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I there's no one that I would rather share this information with than you. Goodness. Yeah. Goodness. God. Bro, I think it's a bromance. Can they, it, they can see? They can, it. I don't know. They, they'll they can see on YouTube. Over over the, yeah, uh, the airwaves. Yeah, tone yeah. and everything. Right. That the beauty of audio. I love it. It's awesome. It's great. <laughs> Okay, so I mean, you're doing collaborations. Brand is growing. Yeah. really good reception in the hometown. Yep, you've done you've done collaborations outside of the city. Like I was just with Kane, who was formerly of One Hotels, yep. where you did Earth or Nowhere last year for Earth for Day. Earth Day. Yeah, um, you've done a couple outside of that. You've done some in the city with Soho House. Yeah, big supporters there. Yeah. Um, when when did you have the idea that NYON should be its own separate thing and, and Nolita can kind of exist as the parent and probably be, and not to put words in your mouth, but probably remain on the back burner as a creative outlet if you need it 
that you can launch other things through going forward? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the sort of transition into NYON as a brand has been like a long time in the making. I think it was something that I resisted for a long time. And that, again, goes back to like my creative instincts versus my business ones. The reality is that New Yorker Nowhere has very much so transcended the brand of Nolita and is a stronger, more cohesive brand than Nolita ever was. Um, so it just made sense. You know, it's what people want. It's what people were buying. It's a hashtag that has, you know, more uses than Nolita. Um, it just it, it became its own thing and it earned the right to sort of like have my full attention. Um, and so it's been, I would say, a year and a half in the making this transition. Um, and what's cool about it is like I've kind of taken everything I've learned, uh, trials and tribulations from doing Nolita and, and applying all of like the best practices to NYON. And it already, I think, just out of the gate to me, even having built it, it feels like a much more cohesive, clear brand than Nolita did. So I don't know if you looked at the website or checked out any of this stuff. I but did. I, I checked out the website. I, I checked out the prints. It's, it's exciting. Yeah. And I think the fact that what you just touched upon, the self-awareness to see that the child has grown up a little bit and that it should be on the pedestal as opposed to the other thing that you love dearly and held yeah. in your heart and always will. Yeah. And it's not going away. No. I think it's a testament to your self-awareness. And we've had plenty of conversations offline about the trials and tribulations. Yeah. And it's just it's real. Yeah, it's 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 hard as shit to build a brand. Yeah, but it's a hat tip to your growth as an entrepreneur, I Appreciate think, and that. you should be really proud of yourself. Thank you. Um, just around self awareness, I, I feel like self awareness is so important, and it is. you've you've learned and grown, and and you're adjusting and adapting, yeah. which is the best you can do. And you have to, or else you die. You know, like the the resistance is real. Like I did not want to do this at at, a, at certain points, and like now it's all I want to do. Now it feels so freeing. And to your point earlier, you know, Nolita kind of evolved into like a creative agency of sorts over the years. We've done projects with like m multiple different sort of organizations, big and small. And uh, I'm kind of stoked to let it sort of be that again and see what comes out of it. You know, I built one brand that I think has legs. Uh, who knows what the next one looks like? That's right. Yeah. What are you most excited about or what can we look forward to with NYON going forward? I know it's, it's super fresh. Yeah. It's, well, at this point, when you guys are listening to this, it'll only be a few weeks old. It yeah. is less than 24 hours officially old the day that we're recording this. Yeah. Um, what, what can we expect? Um, you can expect more. I guess like Nolita never really, we never really released that much product. Um, and you can kind of, to a certain extent, you can expect like what you're, what you get from direct to consumer brands, right? Which is like really nice, tight, poppy product, uh, that's delivered to you any way it can possibly be delivered, you know, through Instagram ads and, and, uh, you know, email marketing. I never did a lot of that. And that comes from a place of fear, uh, and not wanting to overwhelm people and sort of like my own vibe that, you know, when I see an ad for a brand that I loved before, it kind of loses that luster for me, which like is going to be true about this too. And, and uh, that's cool. That's okay. You know, we, we, we've been really lucky to have a passionate fan base and the people have really lifted this up to where it is. Uh, but now is the time to, to grow it as big as quickly as possible. Let's grow. Yeah, 100%. Let's grow, fam. Hell yeah. Before I let you go, two questions. Yeah. First one, what, what's your life motto or mantra? What do you live by? Wow, that's going to put me on the spot. Um, I don't know that it's necessary. I don't necessarily know that I have like life mantras. This might be a little bit corny. We might have to cut this at the end. I doubt uh, it. I think it's going to be so. solid. 
Um, but we will if you want to. Okay. I don't always embody what I'm about to say. I, I lose sight of it sometimes, but I find I, I feel most at peace when when um, when I think of it again. It's actually a lyric from Common. There's a Common, you know, you know Common, of course. Yeah, He's absolutely. Underground OG. rapper, OG. What a career that guy has had. Truly. All these rappers, like, you know, becoming actors has been great, tremendous to watch. Anyway, uh, Common Song B uh, basically just goes, never looking back or too far in front of me, the present is a gift, and I just want to be. So, it's, you know, like, it's a little bit uh, Hallmark card, but uh, it's just a reminder to sort of, like, live in the present as much as possible. You know, as, as a creator, I kind of either am living in the past or in the future, um, wondering what could be or what will be rather than what is. And I think uh, finding equilibrium and peace in like the moment is really like victory for me. Um, a lot of that comes from you know my my fiance Sam, my you know my life sort of uh, becoming uh, I guess more real than it's been in the past. And uh, yeah, grown up stuff. Yeah, seriously, grown up stuff. I didn't think you're gonna want to cut that. That was awesome. Okay, good. <laughs> totally. Last question is where can people find you or find the brand? What do you, what do you want well, to plug? I have one question for you after this. Oh. On the pod or off the on pod? On the pod. We got to yeah, okay. You might have to cut it in later. Anyway, so uh, where can people find us? www.newyorkernowhere.com. NYON.NYC uh, also redirects. Uh, you can find us at Madison Square Garden. You can find us uh, shortly with the newsstand, which is an amazing. Uh, do you guys do you know the newsstand guys? Yeah. So we're just about to start working with them. Really psyched to have NYON product in there. I think it's a great fit. Uh, they're opening a flagship on Bowery, like Bowery just north of Houston. Oh. Later this, like probably right, right prior to when this is going to air. Um, and we're also working with Story, which is Rachel Sheckman's amazing uh, Chelsea concept shop that just got acquired by Macy's. So we're in the Macy's and 34th Street in, inside of Story, which is great. Um, and that's it. Yeah, I mean, come to our website. Like, that's where we're telling the story of the brand. Uh, it's not 100% there yet. Um, we're launching a, a big give back campaign in a few weeks as well. Um, and, and yeah, so it's all good. It's great. Yeah. It's exciting. Who knows? I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed with e-commerce. That's, I mean, that's, that's the game. You, you make be money while you sleep. That's right. It's awesome. Literally. Mailbox money. There's nothing better. Rest in peace, Nipsey. Seriously. Sad. Very sad. Um, my, so my question for you is, uh, how did we meet? Because this is a really good story. So it's actually, it's, it's rooted in matcha. It is rooted in matcha, and it's rooted in... Uh, well, actually, it's rooted in matcha even before that. So we actually, we met, and we didn't know we met. Correct. We met in L.A. We did. Because your booth was across from Gary's booth with his first case with sneaker Correct. release. Correct. And I saw you had both Los Angeles or Nowhere yep. and New York or Nowhere yep. in Tale your booth two cities. at ComplexCon. Yeah. And the New York or Nowhere obviously spoke to me. Yep. I felt the material. It was incredible. Appreciate that. And I bought... I bought two of my first, oh no, my first Nolita piece. It was the gray crew yep. uh, with just Nolita Small on the front. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's what I went with because I thought the brand name was super clever because I'm like, I love Nolita the neighborhood. This yeah. is so smart. Yeah. And it turns out I bought it from you directly. Uh -huh. Check me out with a, a square reader. Probably. And then I was wearing that crew yep. to a meeting with another gentleman, David Mandelbaum. Shout out Dave Mandelbaum. Yeah. Had a matcha tea company at the time. Panitea. Which was yep, yep. Which was acquired. And who we had collaborated with years ago. Which I didn't know. Yeah. And he saw the sweatshirt and he's like, oh, 
do you know do you know Quincy? I'm like, no, I've, I've never met Quincy in my life. Who's who's Quincy? He's right. like, oh no, he he runs Nolita. That's so funny. And he fired off an intro. I think sitting right there. Yeah. Or maybe previously, I don't. I think remember. so. He had met with you, and then yeah. he was meeting with me like days after that. And he asked me, "Oh, do you know Phil Toronto?" And I was like, no, "Who's Phil Toronto?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, as you should. Anyway, so Dave Manabon sitting at Ludlow House, and he said, "I was trying to raise money at the time, which we didn't do, but uh, you know that story for another time." But uh, he was like, "Oh, you need to meet Phil Toronto, Gary V, blah blah blah." I was like, "Cool." So he introduced us. And you replied with a picture, with picture of, of you wearing the Nolita sweatshirt that That's you had right. bought from ComplexCon That's that you right. just happened to be wearing at the moment that that introduction happened. Memory got fuzzy. So with that all the endeared us to one another. And uh, you also Andrew Steinthal from Infatuation. Yeah. Shout out Andrew is a, is a mutual close friend of both of ours. So, He's awesome. Uh, you know, like minds. That was a great question. It's it was a, nice it's a good that the tables flipped. Yeah. I mean, how does it feel? Great. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasts are awesome. I I, I think podcasts are so cool. I, um, my fiance, Sam, she, uh, she just started working for Gimlet and Gimlet just got acquired by Spotify. And so she's doing podcast deals and I find them intriguing. I find the whole sort of like, I think being advertised to over a podcast is actually, I would love to see the stats, see what the ROI is. I think it's a really like uh, natural way for an advertisement to come. And it actually harkens back to how we were first advertised to, which is over radio. Um, and yeah, I mean, the storytelling is great. Like I love the, the fictional ones that they're doing. I love yours, of course. Um, you know, someday I might have my own. Who knows? Everybody yeah. has a podcast now. Um, yeah. It's like blog. Everybody used to have a blog. Now everybody has a podcast. That's right. It's but it's future. better. Yeah, it's great. But I think we did it. I think we did. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening. Find Quincy everywhere he listed. I'll put it in the show notes and, uh, we'll check you next week. Later. In the books, episode seven, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much again for listening. Again, like, comment, follow me on Spotify, subscribe on iTunes, give me five stars on iTunes if you love it, tell your friends, tag me in Instagram stories, Phil Toronto, Tartar Project. Anything you can do to get the word out there, I'd greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate. Uh, just the fact that you're listening, I appreciate that so, so, so much. So even if you don't share it, which I hope you do, I really appreciate you. So thank you. Um, cool story by Quincy. I mean, he's done a bunch of stuff. You heard we got a little broy and, and chummy on, on the podcast. So uh, you're just in the midst of a bit of a bromance there. But appreciate you sticking through. Um, again, Self-awareness. He uh, he saw where the market was going, where consumers wanted to take his brand, and, and he answered. And that is NYON. So definitely check it out in the show notes. I, I linked everything there. Uh, follow them on Instagram. Follow Quincy on Instagram. And tune back in next week. The Tartar Project. Episode 8. <laughs>